Hi everyone. Well, this is another one in our occasional series of chatting to members of St James, finding out what they do, and、uh, some backstories that might be interesting. So I am joined today by Kate Clark, who's newish to St James.、Uh, you may not know her, so let's find out a bit about her first of all.、Um, Kate, give us a bit of background. Tell us where you grew up, how you became a Christian, that kind of thing. Okay, I'm、uh, originally from Nottingham.、Uh, Born and bred there,、um, I grew up in、um, a Christian family,、um, brethren family in the、um, brethren church,、um, and、uh, moved to London.、Uh, gosh, nineteen、um, ninety around that kind of time. Okay,、yes. and you're a big Arsenal supporter, is that、oh. right? Yes, yes, Arsenal is my is my team. Yes, Christianity right, is, div- is my that- faith. Arsenal is my religion. <laughs> <laughs> that has divided the people listening to us straight down the middle. But for someone like me, it's irrelevant. So that's absolutely fine. And tell us about your profession. I'm I'm a f- professional nanny. I've had many charges that I've seen grow up、um, into. Very civilized human beings, <laughs> <laughs> lovely, wonderful adults. I'm in contact with all my old charges. Really,、um, one of them is actually my goddaughter, and she lets me know all the time that、um, I'm stuck for, to her for life. Which I keep telling her that may not be such a good thing on your side. <laughs> <laughs> Now, Kate, the reason I wanted to catch something on the podcast was be- not because of、uh, your being a nanny here. Or certainly not being an Arsenal supporter here,、mm-hmm. but to do with your involvement with an orphanage. So,、yes. tell us about how that came about. Tell us where the orphanage is. The backstory of the orphanage. Well, the orphanage is in、uh, Thailand,、um, a place called Chiang Mai,、uh, which is northern Thailand.、Um, I actually came across it when I was travelling with a friend, and we were in a place called、um, one of the islands called Batea. Where、um, I was actually given、um, the address of this orphanage in Pattaya by a Scottish lady that I met here in London, and she said, "Oh, you must go and see this orphanage. It's、um, ran by a Catholic priest, who、um, who I just ended up cracking up every time I think about him because my, that the friend I was travelling with." Um, um, wasn't a Christian, and she still isn't. But、um, I just kind of thought, oh dear, it's every, it's everything that、um, a Christian's nightmare. Because this priest chain smoked, and his language was very savoury, and <laughs> it was just. And then he was, he, he was、um, talking about God to the children in in the next breath, and I was just cringing the whole time. Because、um, because of my friends, and I was just thinking, oh, please don't think this is Christianity. Now, and you didn't just go、uh, go once, and it was a tourist thing. You now, and this is what really got my attention.、No. You go a couple of times a year, yes, for yes. And it, quite some extended time to serve. So obviously, there's something about this orphanage which is very special, which has captured your imagination. So、yeah. tell us about that. Well, this priest, when he realised the kind of 
tour that we were doing and I said oh we're going to Chiang Mai next he said oh I've heard about um, an orphanage in Chiang Mai he said maybe you can check it out and um, and visit that one which we did and it turned out to be Agape Nikki's place and this is a different uh, orphanage from the one that uh, but th- no this is yes this is a different orphanage from the one with the Catholic priest yeah, yeah, yeah. so Nikki's Agape Nikki's place is the orphanage that I'm fully involved with now right so we're talking Agape Right. And um, and as soon as I went there, I just I just felt God's presence there. God had set this up. He was in the house, and it was just unbelievable to me. He, uh, you, you know, he completely surrounded by love, and um, it all started with. Avis, the director, who, um, she was a Canadian. She's a Canadian woman, and she'd been a missionary in Thailand for twenty-five years. And she came across Nikki uh, as a newborn in the um, in the hospital. And when she saw on the cot, she queried. She said, "What does that say? Leave to die?" Because it was put in, in Thai. And they said, yes, leave AIDS, AIDS, leave, leave. And Avis said, you can't do that. And um, so Avis fought to get to Nikki. Um, so, so, whoa, whoa, whoa. Let, let's slow, slow this down. So um, this, this is some, this is what, 20 odd years ago? Yes, Probably. yes, yes. So there's, Nikki, a, there's a baby in a cot. Yes. The baby's called Nikki. Yes, Nikki was born the 6th of November, 1992. And she's lying there as a baby. Yes. And Avis, the Canadian lady, sees on Avis's little cot, leave to die. Yes. Because? Because she has HIV AIDS. Wow. And um, that's the way they were dealing with it at the time, just leave to die. Don't feed, don't do anything. So a baby is born with HIV AIDS. Yes. And just basically abandoned, but within the hospital. Yes. Yes. Nikki had been, um, she'd been abandoned by her parents um, because of the HIV. Because the thing is, um, the stigma's on the parents too. And so Nikki was taken to a government orphanage. And because of her um, illness... Um, she was very sick all the time, and um, and so she went to the hospital, and that's when they found out that the reason why she was sick all the time. Um, Avis, when she was fighting to get to Nikki, um, she said, well, can I just take her for a weekend then to give her a change of scenery, and I'll bring her back on Monday. And there was a fight to do that, but then they agreed. But Avis prayed and she said, Lord, if you allow me to keep this child, I will sell my home and everything in Canada and I will open a home for children and babies like her. Avis didn't take Nikki back on the Monday. She fought to adopt her which she eventually was able to do. Um, Avis thinks it was just to get rid of her because she was creating a problem. Um, and so they gave in. And um, yes, so um, Avis um, was officially able to adopt Nikki when Nikki was just over two years old. And 
Avis said to her husband, Roy, I've got to keep my promise to God. We've got to open a home for children and babies like her. And they, the orphanage was officially opened on May the 3rd, 1996. Because um, when I started to go there, it wasn't officially opened at the time. Um, and so, yeah, that was that was a that was a great day, and it was it was just awesome to see how God was at work then and still is there. So, over that intervening time, then, uh, is it one or two babies they help? How 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 many babies has Nikki had going through the orphanage? Um, sorry, oh, sorry, Nikki, uh, Avis. A- Avis, yes. Um, Nikki is the, uh, whose legacy this um, mm. orphanage is. Um, many, many. I mean, a lot of the time, um, sometime it's done kind of like under the table where Avis will arrange for a baby to be abandoned outside the orphanage and, you know, found, and miraculously found, you know, kind of thing as if didn't know the baby was there. Um, you know, just to um, protect the mother mm. or um, sometimes, that you know, the children are just abandoned and then they're taken in to the orphanage, but then it has to be reported and then we get them tested. Um, and if they have HIV, they stay at the orphanage. Um, if they don't, then they will go to the government orphanage which is the most depressing, terrible place I've ever seen on earth. Um, I have broken down many a times when I've gone with Avis um, to take a child to the government orphanage because Avis is only allowed to have HIV AIDS children. And if they don't have HIV, they have to go to the government orphanage and to come from agape and then go to the government orphanage it breaks my heart um like i said i've done it a few times the place smells of death and the children are so miserable and i i feel for the children that we take there because they're running around laughing and you know they're happy they're well fed and they're surrounded by love and then they go to this government orphanage that is the most depressing place and we're leaving them there so so everyone listening knows um that the social stigma of hiv aids is because of uh drugs because of the sex trade those kind of yeah because of the because of the sex trade i mean they is it's like where do you think these children are coming from Hmm. And when I first started to go to Thailand um, and the Thai people would see me around um, uh, uh, the centre of Chiang Mai in the market, they said to me, oh, you're back. Uh, you know, how long you stay this time? And then they would inquire as to why I'm back and what do I do here? And I, and I would tell them. And so many of them would say to me, Oh, no, no, AIDS not in Thailand. AIDS is in Africa. And I said, no, AIDS is in every country. Oh, no, 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 not in Thailand. AIDS is in Africa. And I would say, well, the difference between Africa and Thailand is that Africa acknowledges they have a problem. I said, Thailand won't acknowledge they have a problem. And I say, we even have AIDS in England. You have AIDS in England? 
And I would say, yes, every country has AIDS. Oh, not in Thailand. And that was their mentality. Still is? Or has that changed? Um, well, I don't get the questions anymore because they know my face and they always say hello and and um, do I want to buy anything and... Um, it's become, you know, a, a common um, joke now that when I'm there and, you know, I'm talking to some of the vendors and everything and they say, oh, we've got this, this is new, do you want this? And I say, how much? And they tell me and I say, oh, come on, Thai price. I'm a Thai now, Thai price. <laughs> right, now, now you've, you've, you've opened the window to something else as well because um, you didn't just go once or twice to do it. How often do you go to the orphanage? I go twice a year. For how long? Yes. Um, well, it depends on my job, um, on how long they can... I tend to use my own personal holiday and anything else that I get besides to go out there. So it can, de- it can depend from 10 days to two weeks or three weeks at a time or whatever. So two to three weeks, twice a year, yes. for what, 15, 20 years? Uh, yes, yes. That yes, is yes. an amazing yes. commitment, Kate. Mm-hmm, you, mm-hmm. Um and if, if we suddenly, if we turned up on the doorstep of Agape now, mm-hmm. how many children would we see in the orphanage? Uh, there is uh, 83, I believe. 83? 83. I remember when um, the new building was being built and um, I said to Avis, how many children will this building take? And she said, 100. And I said, oh, wow, that's wonderful. And she said, no, not really. She said, although it will be able to take 100 children, she said, I don't want 100 because that means 100 children have been abandoned. Hmm. And that was a reality check to me. Yeah, 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 yeah. So um, give us some story. I'm sure that stories are heartbreaking. In fact, we're walking through one at the moment, which is... Yes, yes. In our past, which, which is heartbreaking about a, uh, a newborn mum. Tell us some stories from the past, maybe, maybe one that's gone really, really well, mm-hmm. uh, one that you remember as being, that this is why we're here. Uh-huh, okay. Um, yes, although the um, orphanage can take 100 children, they've gone beyond that many times, well over 100. And um, I sponsor um children there too um which has been awesome for me because not only uh, they call me sponsor mummy but I get to be a face as well and they get to know my face and um I've had some of my sponsor children that have died and um and two um um up until uh just before COVID, I sponsored um, two boys who um, then became teenagers and then they left just before COVID to go and do their own thing. Um, two brothers um, who, the eldest one, when, when they came to, to the orphanage, the eldest one was eight and the youngest one was four. The four-year-old looked like the eight-year-old. And the eight-year-old looked like the four-year-old. He was so thin. And that was because um, their mum was dying of AIDS and he would nurse her and feed her and he would feed his little brother and he would go without food. And uh, he, he, when he arrived at Agape, after 
he couldn't believe that he was allowed to go and eat in the canteen and get his own food and his own pudding and everything. And afterwards, he would get up and start collecting everybody else's plates and bowls. And um, we would say, what are you doing? And he would say, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm tidying up, I'm cleaning, because that's what he was used to. And we're like, no, Bunyarit, no, no, you go and play. You go and play. And he didn't know how to, he just knew how to clean and look after his brother and his mother. And just to see the transformation in him over the years was just amazing. And to have them as my boys is just, you know. Brilliant. So, awesome. I mean, you said at the very beginning that you're in touch with all of your charges from being a nanny here in London. Yeah. yeah. Are you in touch with all of your charges from the, the orphanage as well? Yes, yeah, so a lot of them. I mean, my very first sponsor was a, a girl called Pet. And she's actually, she's been my first and only a girl um and um she is now 20 and um she's left the orphanage and um, she had um learning difficulties um but she's able to uh, to leave the orphanage she's got um got an apartment with somebody else and she's living an independent life which is great and it's good to see um but she she had a um, very difficult um life but as soon as I saw her, I just, I just fell in love with her. I mean, she, um, she had a, a cleft lip and she just looked, and, you know, just looking at her and she had the most warm, loving eyes, very kind, open face, even as a little dot, you know. Um, and I just said to Avis, I, I need to sponsor her. <laughs> just, you know, it's just... Um, Yes, yeah, and and one of my um, um, boys that I had from a baby, um, he, I mean, this this was sad. Um, during a, a lockdown, um, he had his fourth birthday, and he was um, also adopted, and. Uh, to a family in Australia, and I didn't get to say goodbye, which broke my heart. But um, I've seen pictures mm-hmm. of him with his new family, and he's in his school uniform, and he's looking well. Yeah, I mean, it's bittersweet. It's yeah. He's got a loving family now and everything, but yeah, it would have been nice to say goodbye and take him to the airport and everything, although... Um, Avis said, you know, it was sad for them too because they couldn't take him to the airport because of lockdown. And so there was there was only one person that was able to take him. So it was kind of sad for them too. And they, they don't all end even that bittersweetly. So as, as we no. finish, tell us the, the, the one that we're walking through with you at the moment. Don't, don't use names because it's live, but there's yes. a, a mum. Yeah. Yes, uh, um, and she's 13 years old. 13. Uh, 13, Yes. Um, she gave birth a, a couple of weeks ago to a little boy called Benjamin, and um, who is doing fine, but um, she has left um, the orphanage and um, nobody knows where. If she goes back to her to her home, to her village, to her wherever she lives, what's likely to happen? 
it will be very difficult for her because um, of her status of being HIV. Um, it's not looked very kindly on, and, and that's why mothers tend to try and keep it quiet when they have babies because they're thrown out of their homes, out of their villages, and they're ostracised. So um, it, it will be very hard for her to go back. And I mean, she doesn't have... Um, immediate family because of her father um, and so it's it I'm constantly praying mm. for her and her mm. safety but Benjamin himself is okay? he's, he's yes yes he's at the orphanage he's at the orphanage yes yes Kate thank you it's uh these are astonishing stories and your commitment is remarkable to get to go twice a year three times a year then. Uh, and for two, three weeks uh, at a go is astonishing. Um, if anybody wants to talk to you uh, about this, um, especially if they're uh, a nanny or something like that mm -hmm. themselves, um, I was going to say, I think the best thing to do is rather than give you all the details, say, email me, mm -hmm. uh, uh, Chris, and I'll, I'll pass it on. You, could, you can take it further. Yeah, but sure. thank you very mm. much indeed, Kate. That's a brilliant insight mm. and a, a loving example of loving okay. service. Um, can I just tell a quick story about the Bibles? Yeah, go uh, on. Oh, sure. Um, there was um, Avis, oh, she always has a dream that she takes to the Lord. And she says to me, my dream would be, she said, one Christmas, she said, I want to be able to give every child a Bible for Christmas. And so, and, and so she says, you know, so pray about it. This is a couple of, quite a few years ago now. And so um, I, I was going to go to a talk and um, because I was going on my own, you know, when the actual day came, I thought to myself, oh, I can't be bothered, you know, and it's quite easy to get out of things when you're not going with someone. But something urged me to go. And so I went and this man got up as one of the talk, uh, talks and he gave his te uh, testimony and he said that he had just come back from Thailand, working in northern Thailand um, with the Karen people and, um, and doing some missionary work there. And so after I went to speak to him to see what, exactly what he was doing and he said, oh, it was only for a short time. And I said, oh, um, I said, because I'm trying to help to get some Bibles um, in Thai um, for an orphanage that I go to and he said to me why don't you contact Partners World and he told me this particular gentleman to contact so um, I sent an email to Partners World um, the attention of this gentleman and he emailed me back and he said oh I've heard of Agape in Chiang Mai he said um, I'll get back to you and so I didn't hear anything, and then I went out to Thailand, and um, Ava said to me, oh, come, come, come here, come here. And so she took me in the storeroom and she opened the doors, and she said, our Bibles, look at our Bibles. And I said, oh, my goodness, I said, you got them. And she said, no, you got them. And I said, what do you mean? She said, you contacted a man from Partners World, didn't you? And I said, Yes, but he didn't get back to me. I thought that it, it was a no-go. And she said, no, he got all these Bibles sent to us in Thai. And they were beautiful leather-bound Bibles. And she said, wow. not only have we got enough to give every child, but all the staff as well, and for more children that come. And so I was like, oh, praise God. Oh, so fantastic. That just what a great awesome. end to this. 
Kate, that, that's astonishing. Thank you so much for sharing with us. Mm -hmm. And you're obviously divided, delighted to be part of it. Um, friends, Kate comes to the gathering. So if you want to be introduced to her there, come up and say hi. We can, we can do that in the morning. Otherwise, email, pass the information on. Kate, yeah. thank you for you're joining welcome. the podcast. You're welcome.